Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. Hey, Financially Savvy Travelers, welcome back to another episode of the Thought Card Podcast. I cannot believe that we are at season six already. Cue the yay, yay. (laughs) I have honestly missed everyone. You know, I love to podcast. I love sharing my thoughts. I love interviewing creative, financially savvy travelers who are crushing their financial goals, But I also take my breaks. My breaks are good for rest, for relaxation. It really helps me rejuvenate and bring you some amazing content. And I also love to travel. So when I take breaks, this offers me a chance to travel as well and bring you guys just amazing content. So I'm back now with season six. Season six is going to be incredible. And it really reflects my interest and where I'm at right now in my financial journey and my life journey. So we're going to be hearing all about how to find creative and lucrative side hustles, how to become location independent, how to find cheap flights, how to become financially independent and coast fi and all of that. So I have an amazing lineup for you for season six. And each guest are people who I truly admire. So I cannot wait for you to tune into that and for you to continuously listen in on new episodes throughout this season. Now, this episode is pretty special and important because I realized that, you know, I've been podcasting for almost three years now and I haven't shared my story. How did I become a financially savvy traveler? Good question. I never share that. It's so funny because I always share it on other people's podcasts. So I've been a guest on close to 85 podcasts now. And one of the frequently asked questions is like, well, tell me about yourself and how did you become this financially savvy traveler? How did this start? And I always go into detail there, but I never have shared it on the podcast. And I even went back today before I record this episode to episode number one, the intro episode. And I kind of mentioned a little bit of my accomplishments, but I didn't really go into much detail. So this episode is my attempt to share with you how I became who I am now and what I see for myself moving forward into the future. Now, before I forget, I wanted to share with you a bit about today's sponsor, Podgo. So Podgo is actually one of the easiest ways that you can monetize your podcast. I know actually a lot of my listeners are also podcast hosts. So definitely put Podgo on your radar. Podgo provides podcasters with a flat rate for ad space. So you can always know how much you get when you apply for an ad campaign from Podgo. You can apply today and become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience and message. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot co. And be sure to include the Thought Card podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section in the application. All right. So thank you so much, Podgo, for helping sponsor this podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated. All right, friends. Now gather around, gather around. This is a story all about how my life got... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right, let's be serious here. Let's be serious. Okay, so if you're new here, welcome to the Thought Card Podcast. My name is Danielle Desir. 
I am a financially savvy traveler. And for me, that is deeply rooted in my passion for travel and also my ability to make smart decisions and inform decisions when it comes to my money. It all started when I was growing up. So my family is from Haiti, which is a Caribbean country. It's in the Caribbean. And my grandparents had retired in Haiti when I was really young. And what my mom would do is every summer, my mom would send me off to Haiti to spend my summers with my grandparents because that's where they live and that's where they were retired. And this was amazing because that's where I learned how to speak Haitian Creole fluently. So we, Mpali Creole, that means I just said, yes, I speak Creole, which is our language. And that's where I learned about Haitian culture. I learned about Haitian food. I would hang out with my cousins and my family members on that side of the family who were still living in Haiti. It was a really big part of my life. Every single summer from like three to about 15 years old, I would go to Haiti every summer. I remember my mom telling me like I would come back from summer break and I would forget how to speak English. So that's how like embedded I was in the Haitian culture. And, you know, when I have my own family one day soon, I'm hoping that I can still have that very close connection to our Haitian roots. But I really do credit my mom for that gift, that gift of bringing me in and showing me my Haitian side. Right. That was where their travel started. And I went to the same place every single year, which as a teenager could become old and tiring. Now, by the time I got to high school, I was kind of getting resentful about going to Haiti because going to Haiti was taking me away from my friends, taking me away from my job, my high school job. And it was also taking me away from my boyfriend. Okay, so I was like, can we just stop this? And I said to my grandparents, like, listen, I love you. It's not personal, but I'm growing up now and I'm not going to go to Haiti anymore. So during high school, I actually gave up travel. I threw it away. I didn't value it. I was so focused on being with my friends and my significant other at the time. And I just pretty much laughed at any opportunity to travel because, again, it was taking me away. And when I was even younger than that, I had this dream of wanting to go to Disney World. And actually, if you read my book, Affording Travel, Saving Strategies for Financially Savvy Travelers, I'll make sure to include the link in the show notes. In the first chapter or so, I talked about how I had this desire to go to Disney World, as many young kids do. And my mom pretty much, she never said no. She never said no, we couldn't go to Disney World. But after a while of not going, I realized that, you know what, maybe this isn't a priority for us right now. And I was doing dance lessons and swimming and other things. So I kind of put two and two together. So she never said, no, we can't go to Disney. She'll always say, we'll see, but it never happened. And it came to the point where, in high school, our graduating class had planned a trip to Disney. And you would think that I spent my whole childhood wanting to go to Disney, that by the time this Disney trip came up, I'd be like, Mom, can you please let us go? I want to go to Disney. And I didn't. I said I didn't want to go to Disney because my friends weren't going to Disney. And I didn't want to, quote unquote, waste that summer. <laughs> I don't I just don't understand. Like, why was I like that? I don't understand. Anyway, I digress, but I pretty much didn't go to Disney because I wanted to be with my friends. And even though Disney was on the list forever, I said no. 
So I just wanted to paint a picture for you to tell you how I just literally was so entrenched with my friends. I just didn't even want to travel. Fast forward to college. Now in college, travel is like the thing. You know, we have study abroad opportunities. You have mission trips for volunteers, also spring breaks. So every semester there were multiple opportunities to travel. And I started to like feel like, wow, I really want to travel now. As a college student, I had enough funds. I had a job, I had multiple jobs in college where I had enough to like buy clothes and like, you know, eat out from time to time, but not enough to save for a trip, not enough to go somewhere international. And there was a study abroad opportunity that came up to go to Paris. And Paris was my number one destination at the time. Number one, I wanted to go to France. I wanted to go to Paris specifically. The French influence is very vibrant in Haitian culture. So I wanted to see French culture and be in France for myself to see, okay, what's the difference between French and Creole and Haitian Creole and all that. So I was intrigued. I wanted to go visit the Eiffel Tower. It was a big dream of mine. So there was a study abroad opportunity where you could study abroad in Paris for a semester. I go to my mom and I say, mom, I would absolutely love to do this. Is it possible? And she sat me down and said, you know what, if you, this is what you really want to do, we'll make it happen. I was like, yeah, mom, I'm ready. And we looked into it and it was not covered by my financial aid package. Mind you, I got tons of scholarships when I was going to college. I even got a, a scholarship from James Patterson, who is one of the world's famous authors. I got a lot of scholarships, but none of them would be covered if I went abroad, sadly. So the bill came out to be like $10,000 or something like that. And I went to my mom. I'm like, mom, like, I know this is not in our scope. I don't want to take out any more student loans because I already take out loans. Can we do this? And she said, you know what? Absolutely. We'll work on it. We'll work to see, make this happen. But behind the scenes, what I want to share with you is that we were actually losing our home to foreclosure. So my mom was a single mom. And my dad didn't help financially at all. And she pretty much not only raised me, but we moved from New York City to the suburbs on her single salary. By the time I was, I think, sixth grade or so, we moved to the suburbs. And that was a huge accomplishment for a single Black woman with one kid to be able to move from the urban city to the suburbs. Now, by the time I got to college, we were losing that house. So we were losing everything that she had built over the last, let's say, 10 years or so. And this was during the time of the recession, the Great Recession. So hardship was common to everyone at the time. Although my mom was all on board to fund this, I knew there was no way. There's no way that I'm going to be gallivanting in Paris while my mom is literally struggling to keep the lights on. Literally. Like no electricity, and I was at college in this time, so I didn't have to go through any of this. But she told me that, you know, she had to go to the library to work on stuff because there was no electricity at home. Or she had to go to the gym and shower because the running water was was out because bills had piled up way over her ability to be responsible. And I know I'm oversharing here is detailed, I know, but it's just real world. It's just real stuff. Like losing your home is not fun. And my mom sheltered me from that because, you know, she told me how much she was struggling, but I was in college. I was living my life in college 
and she was struggling over there. And I could not allow myself to study abroad, leave her behind, go to Paris, enjoy myself, knowing that she's financially struggling to the point where they're going to just rip away this home, all of her investments in this property. It just, it hurt. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And she was sad to hear that, but it was just the reality of it. And sometimes that's your reality. Sometimes you can't afford something. And I feel like a lot of people feel like I should be able to afford everything I want in life. But let me tell you this, not being able to afford that study abroad opportunity is a key. It's so key to becoming who I am today. If I didn't have that lack, I would not be in abundance right now. And let's be clear about that. So sometimes I think no works in your favor. And it literally drives you to put in the work, put in the effort to be creative, to figure out how to do what you want to do. And that is true to who I am today. If I hear a no, I'm going to figure out how to make it happen. I'm going to be creative. I'm going to be smart about it. I'm going to be strategic. And that wouldn't have been possible if I did not overcome obstacles. So while I said I'm not going to go to Paris for that study abroad opportunity, I made a vow to myself. I vowed that as soon as I became an adult and I had my first job, I would bust my butt. I would save my money to go on this epic trip to Paris. That was my promise. Now, it took me years later to actually fulfill that promise to myself, but I kept that promise. I had that promise myself and I kept it. That is really the story of how I got to the point where I made a decision that travel would be a financial priority in my life, no matter what. And even as I sit here, I'm 30 now, sit here and record this podcast episode at 30 years old, travel is and will always be definitively a big part of my life. And it's because I prioritize it in my finances. So I'm going to pause there and we'll pick it up in a second. But I also wanted to go back and share with you where this money mindset and this interest in personal finance and, and money and building wealth came from. It also came from my mom and also my grandma, I would say. Want to know how I'm learning about how to invest in the stock market? Back in episode seven, Terry Ijeoma shared how she ditched her job as an assistant principal to trade and travel full time. Well, Terry has since packed everything she knows about day trading into a course called Trade and Travel. My husband and I are going through the coursework together and we are learning how to pick good companies, how to create a watch list, how to manage our risks and so much more. We are ready. We are so ready to make consistent income from the stock market. And if you're looking to do the same, head over to thoughtcard.com forward slash trade to learn more about Terry's best-selling trade and travel course. Again, that's thoughtcard.com forward slash trade to learn more about Terry's trade and travel course. Don't forget that the links to the course will be in the show notes. So I grew up, like I mentioned before, in a single family household where just my mom and I, and I had the most amazing childhood, a most amazing childhood. My mom would do anything and everything that she had to do 
to make sure I was comfortable, safe, happy. And we talked about money all the time, all of the time, saving money, spending money. I remember one of my first thoughts about money was actually picking up my mom's student loan bill. And I just noted how many zeros there were. (laughs) I was like, mom, there's so many zeros. (laughs) That was one of the first money memories I have. Another money memory I have was also my mom would take my tooth like she would be the tooth fairy, right? So when I would lose a tooth, she would put like a dollar under my pillow. One day I was, I guess I was bored snooping in her stuff. And I stumbled on this little bag and I found all of my teeth in there. I was like, mom, you're the tooth fairy. I I just thought that was so funny. Like, it's just, it's so sweet thinking about that stuff. But yes, my mom and I, we had a very transparent relationship when it came to money. We talked about money all of the time. She instilled in me very early that retirement savings, saving and investing was key to financial freedom and financial success. So at the time, I was, I think, in high school at the time, but Wachovia, which is now Wells Fargo, had like amazing CD, certificate of deposit rates. And what I would do is I would save money and I would put it in the CD. And in the CD, I would earn like really good interest for like holding my money for like six months or a year or something like that. I was smart enough to know like, okay, I put my money in the bank in this particular investment vehicle, they would give me money back. So that was, again, at like 15, 16, I was like saving money, putting them in CDs, flipping that money, getting interest and re-putting them in CDs again. Like I was just that chick. I was doing that from the guidance of my mom. And then my mom was like, all right, you're 15 now. So it's time for you to open up your first retirement account. So I ended up opening my first Roth IRA at 15. And then my mom started taking investment classes and her instructor helped her open up some mutual funds. And by the time I had graduated high school, I had saved up $5,000 and I had put them in the mutual funds. So yes, I've been investing for a really long time and it all comes down to my mom. My mom has been instrumental. And even today, we talk about money all the time, all the time. Just like our financial goals, our savings plan, our investment strategies. Like it's just normal. It's just normal. And that will definitely be something that I carry on in my family legacy, my family tree. Talking about money is normal. And it doesn't mean that I did not make mistakes. However, it means that I was more savvy about it. I was more informed. I came to certain decisions, certain challenges or obstacles from a different energy, different powerful, just like the more you know, the more you can do. So that is where a lot of my financial influence came from. And I also want to shout out to my grandma too, because my grandma, I call her the master saver. Like she can literally save money anywhere, anytime, any place. She is so smart. That lady has stashes of money everywhere. (laughs) And she just is so inspiring. And she literally is like that anchor, that anchor. And that saving component, that strong saving mentality came from her. So that is the background of how I grew up with money being very commonplace to talk about. Now, a little bit fast forwarding, I actually have my bachelor's degree in personal, personal finance. I have my bachelor's degree in finance. I don't necessarily think it helps when it comes to personal finance, but it's neither here nor there. So let's 
fast forward now back to me getting my first big girl job, quote unquote, big girl job. I got a job as a financial analyst. I spent the entire first year and a half saving for this trip to Paris. I'm like, I made a vow to myself years ago that I was going to make this trip to Paris happen. I got a job now. Yes, I'm paying off student loan debt, but I'm going to save for this trip to Paris. I started off by saving $25 every pay period, which was every two weeks. It wasn't a lot, but it's truly what I could afford. And in my book, Affording Travel, another shameless plug there, I talk about that, that it doesn't matter about how much you're saving. It matters about flexing that muscle and doing the same thing over and over and building the discipline and building the practice. So I started off with $25 and there's no shame in that. There was no shame in starting off small because guess what? At the end of the year and a half of saving, I was able to book that trip to Paris and I spent seven days traveling solo to Paris with a day trip to Brussels. And that, y'all, my eyes opened. Not only seeing Paris as a destination, but also seeing that I put in the work, I saved for something, I was able to accomplish my goal. I started to see a path. There was a formula here. There was a formula to success, a formula to doing the things I really wanted to do. And I didn't get help from my mom. I didn't get help from my dad to make this happen. I did it all by myself. And I knew that I could just now rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And it was truly that 2014 trip to Paris that sparked me to become a travel content creator. Because now that I I went to Paris, I wanted to share like things that I did and things about the culture and just share my general thoughts. Hey, the thought card, right? So I actually started my blog, The Thought Card in 2015. It was a very, started off like just general lifestyle stuff. I didn't know what I was doing. And then over time, I realized, you know, I have two passions. I have a passion for travel. And at this point, I was actively trying to book another trip. (laughs) I was like, yo, I went to Paris. Where can I go next? Ireland? Where else? Where else? So I had a passion for travel and I had a knack for financial planning. I had a knack for figuring it out. I had a knack for saving. I had a knack for just being that scrappy person of like trying to figure things out so that I can make make informed decisions, but also afford the things I really wanted to focus on. Now, behind the scenes, I had $63,000 of student loan debt. And one of my first personal finance articles on my blog was sharing, I think, five tips for how to pay off your student loan debt quickly. And that blog post took off. Nothing else took off, but that blog post took off because this was the first time that I was sharing real numbers. Like I have $63,000 of student loan debt, okay? From my bachelor's degree in finance and my master's degree in healthcare administration. And mind you, I had a ton of scholarships in undergrad. So that definitely helped, but still had 63K. And peeling back that curtain, And being honest with my friends and my family, because that was truly who was reading my blog at the time, they loved it. And I was like, you know what? I'm onto something here. Why don't I shift the focus of my lifestyle blog to just focus on personal finance and travel? And I started there. 
I would share every single quarter. I would share my personal finance updates, like for my student loans. I would share like my starting figure, my ending figure, lessons I learned, any strategies. And I would just continue to document it until I was done paying off my student loan debt. That experience truly led me to believe that, you know, we really need to peel back the curtain and talk about the financial part of travel. I don't know a lot of people who can just gut up and go without the funding, right? It doesn't matter if you're travel hacking with credit cards, you still need money to travel. Point blank period. If anyone tells you otherwise, look at them sideways because you absolutely need money to travel. You may need a lot of money depending on your travel style or you may need very little money depending on your travel style. It all depends on you, but you still need the moolah, okay? So that's really how my blog grew. And I would share what I was learning. I was sharing the strategies of how I was able to travel on a budget while paying off my student loan debt, while also knowing that I wanted to save for a house. These were all the things that were happening behind the scenes. And you have to be creative. You have to be smart when you have all of these goals that you want to do with a fixed salary. So that's the behind the scenes of what it was like. And, you know, six years later, because now it's 2021, I've been a blogger for six years. And over that six year period, I've grown financially so much, so much. I've traveled to 27 countries and four continents. I've paid off that $63,000 of student loan debt. I saved for a down payment for the home that I live in now. I purchased my home at the age of 27. Every year, I make a big major repair in my home. I've had roommates because I was struggling for a really long time. I wouldn't say really long time, but I was staying for at least a year and a half. I was struggling. So I had roommates. So I was house hacking. By the way, if you want to learn about all the lessons I've learned as a homeowner, you could grab a copy of my ebook, Managing Your Money as a New Homeowner. That has all my tips. It's really good. Really, really good. Now I could say that I've paid off over $25,000 of my mortgage three years later as a homeowner. I got married. (laughs) As you all know, I got married to the love of my life. At this point, I am really big on multiple streams of income. I'm really big on passive income. I'm really big on pursuing financial independence, paying off my mortgage early, retiring early. Okay. I laugh at my mom and I say, mom, you know, I think I may retire before you (laughs) or we try to retire at the same time. But that's the level I'm on right now. That's what I'm on right now. I wanted to record this episode for you because I felt like it was important for me to start off season six strong and also to personally connect with you and to let you know that sometimes you have no idea, like you have no idea how you're going to make it happen. I had no idea how I was going to go to Paris or get to Paris, but I was committed to learning I was committed to saving. I was committed to growing. And there was nothing that was going to stop me from going to Paris. And I remember my mom was like, do you sure you want to go? Why don't you wait another year? I can go with you. I was like, nah, ma. Nah, mommy. No, I worked too hard to save up all this money. I'm going to go now. I'm going to go now, right now. And I think there's a little bit of a defiance in me, too, like, I'm pretty much going to speak my mind. I'm pretty much going to do what I want to do. And I have faith. I have faith that I'm on the right path. I have faith that it's going to work out. 
So I hope you found this episode, I don't know if it'll be helpful, but I thought, again, it was important to share my story, to share how I became this financially savvy traveler. And I mean, we could go in tangents. We can talk about my student loan debt. We can talk about my homeownership journey. We can talk about me getting married and and having to fund the wedding. There's so much that we can talk about. There's so much we can talk about. But at least I wanted to put the record out there and, you know, share with you who I am and a bit of my background when it comes to travel and money. Last thing I wanted to say here is that pre-pandemic, my specialty was finding cheap flights. Like that was me. Like that was my jam. If I was traveling anywhere and I would tell my friends about it, we knew that I was in charge of finding us the flight deal or booking our flights because that is what I put a lot of energy into. And that's what I am good at. Post-pandemic, I'm not flying as much or I haven't flown since 2020, early 2020 when I went to London in January. But I still have a passion for that. You know, I still have a passion for finding cheap flights. But I think it's just changed a little bit because the times are different, right? I'm not flying right now. So I'm more passionate about finding the best Airbnbs or finding a really cool accommodation or visiting those quaint small towns in the USA. Things have changed, but the core, the foundation of who I am, that savvy traveler, that financially savvy traveler is still the same. I'm still going to find creative ways to travel. I'm still going to find creative ways to build wealth. And if I do have any debt, I'm going to find creative ways to pay off that debt as quickly as possible too. So thank you for listening to this episode. I know that you are tuning in because you are also a financially savvy traveler. Maybe there's some parts of my story that resonates with you that you're like, hey, that that sounds similar to mine. Or maybe we're super different. Either way, I would love to hear from you. Hit me up on Instagram at the Danielle Desire and let me know that you listened to this episode. Truly. Moving forward on this podcast, I want to be able to talk to you, connect with you, share the cool and inspiring things that you are also doing. It's not only me here. (laughs) There's about 54,000 of us out there. So I want to connect with you on a deeper level. So absolutely connect with me on Instagram at the Danielle Desire. You can also connect with me on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter, very outspoken on Twitter as well. So connect with me at the thought card. Okay. At the thought card. Find me on Twitter. Follow me. Tweet me. Tell me, hey, I just listened to the episode where you shared about your story and we can talk about it and we can chit chat. Again, this season for season six, we're going to be talking all about location independence, becoming a digital nomad, how to work your way towards financial independence, how to find cheap flights. This is going to be the best season. I mean, all my seasons are the best seasons. I love my podcast. But this season is going to be so lit and I cannot wait to share it with you all. All right. So shout out to Podgo. Thank you, Podgo, again, for sponsoring this episode. Thank you for supporting this episode. Thank you to all of my Buy Me A Coffee supporters. I really do appreciate you. And I cannot wait to share with you more bonus content there. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Talk to you soon. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode, but don't forget there's way more where that came from. When you become a supporter of the show, you'll get bonus episodes, additional tips on affording travel, real-time updates, 
as well as strategies for building wealth and creating multiple income streams. Head over to thoughtcard.com forward slash join to support. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram. I'm at the Danielle Desir. Slide in my DMs and share with me your thoughts about this episode. What did you enjoy? What stood out to you? Let me know. I'd absolutely love to connect with you outside of the podcast. See you in the next one.